We're live. What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with another episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 22. We're back at it again, bro. We got another lineup of topics. We're talking Joe Burrow. We're talking CeeDee Lamb, Cowboys, UFC, Andy Ruiz, uh, Sam Ellinger. There's a lot of topics that we could talk about. But let's run through them and let's uh, let's see let's get our opinions on this. You know, there's a lot of talks of uh, of certain things that's been going on, bits and pieces of uh, some sort of content that's come out through the weeks, and I think we've got a, a good list of topics here that uh, have been talked about. But I think our opinion, uh, I want to get our opinion out there on what, how we feel about it. Number one, uh, do you feel as you know? Uh, and we're going to get to it. But as you know, they the Cincinnati Bengals released Andy Dalton and have made for sure Joe Burrow, their number one starter for the for the 2020 season. Do you feel like they're putting too much pressure too soon on Joe Burrow or um, do you feel they made the right move? I mean, I think the moment that they that he was uh, picked overall, first overall, mm-hmm. the pressure should have been on. Um, but no, because I mean we haven't seen. Uh, I think this is just confirming confirming that that's their guy, right? You know, like they're, and I guess they're gonna start building around him, mm-hmm. and they don't want to. I think I don't think it's, it's pressure, but more like, uh, um, I guess we got you. Like, like you you're the guy, and like yeah. uh, we're gonna work around you. We're gonna work with you. I think his and, talent is undeniable. Yeah, and they're like, there's no, there's no point for us to have somebody, another star there. Yeah, yeah. On our, on our roster. And waste time. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I think that they did make the right move, but I also have some sort of questions, like, because this is a guy coming into the NFL. Yeah, he made his mark and he had the most incredible year that anybody has ever seen in the co- in the collegiate level. But having a veteran presence in the locker room especially at your position that can show you the ropes and show you what it is to be um it would have been good for him it, i think it would have helped him a little yeah. bit and, it would have been good for him. and i think um but i think the cincinnati Bengals just want to hit the ground running with with their guy i think the the fans at this point have seen enough of andy dalton uh and i'm and i'm speaking for for cincinnati Bengal fans that they've already seen what he can do when when those asses touch those seats in Cincinnati, want Joe Burrow out yeah. there on the field. That's who they're paying to see. Like, we've already paid. Uh, I'm speaking like if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, but I'm not. But they've already paid to see Andy Dalton, and they've seen enough at this point. They want to yeah. see Joe Burrow and what they can expect and see what they can expect moving forward. Um, from what I hear, there's news getting out that he's been planning the uh, – he's been – practicing and trying to learn the Cincinnati Bengal uh playbook already. He had been uh before he even got drafted to the Bengals, he knew it was like uh for sure thing that he was going to go there and he had been practicing the the playbook and I think that's kind of odd, not odd, but it's like you kind of already knew that the that they were pushing all their chips that way. Yeah. Like Andy Dalton was still there, but they were like you're going to be our guy, so we going we're going to go ahead and give you the playbook. And you're gonna start learning these plays because we expect you to be our week one starter, and that's just what it is. I think they feel like he's talented enough and ready enough, mature enough, because he comes in with uh, a certain level of uh, maturity to the game. And I think that's what the NFL franchises and organizations look look at 
moving forward with their new guy coming out of college. I think he just plays with a certain amount of swag that people are going to adapt to and attract themselves with and his style of play. If you saw him in LSU, he was he had one of the biggest personalities in the game, but this is a this is going to be a little switch because you like I said he took off his last year uh as far as uh success his last year in LSU. He had uh, some sort of good games in his uh, in his uh, junior year, but it wasn't all that great. But there was already talks about him being great. This year, you're going from the best. It's a big transition, right? It's a transition from going from the best team in college to the worst team in the NFL. So there's got to be there's there's a there's a certain phase, I guess you can say, of when uh, and how you adapt and and try to produce your at your best in a not so good circumstance you know yeah. because it's uh you're so used to winning but then when it gets to you you're going to be losing nobody else is surprised they're going to be losing but you are because you're the one playing and i'm so used to winning and i'm losing and now everybody's pointing their fingers at me like i thought you were the guy i, I wouldn't be surprised if th- that's the case moving into next season we thought joe burrow was this and he did this in college and this that and the other but I mean, like you said, like uh, we all know, you're going into the worst team. Yeah. So I mean, that's the reason why they had the. That's the reason. First and pick. Yeah. So you you can't put that much expectation, even though you do. You know, I you at least want to see a a jump. You don't want to. You want you gotta have more wins, obviously, more than you did last season because you upgraded in the most important position in the in your team. So I think the the pressure is on, like you said. The pressure is on Joe Burrow now to take them above and try to get them uh, out of that number one pick going into next season. But I don't expect them to be going into the playoffs or uh, winning their division. Nothing like that. But I don't expect them to be the worst team now moving forward. I think that's like goal number one for them. Let's not be the worst team in our division. That can't happen. We at least got to be either second place in our division or but just at least not the worst. And that's a, a step moving forward. And then you get another year, you get more picks, you get more uh, help. And, th- and that's how it stacks up. And that's how you can move forward. But as of right now, like you said, the pressure is on Joe Burrow to uh, to come out and show out and see why he was the number one pick in the in the NFL draft. OK, bro, moving forward. Because there's a lot of topics we were trying to hit. We spoke about Andy Dalton. We spoke he was released uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals. He was pushed out by Joe Burrow. He signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Right. So, I, we've I, talked I feel, about I feel this. like that kind of takes... I mean, it might... It might, it might not, to me, take a little bit off the pressure off of Dak going forward. Having a decent backup. Okay. In what way? Like, what do you mean? I mean, we were talking. Well, I'm just kind of like putting. Uh, well, we were talking about pressure being put on Burrow, and okay. now probably releasing a little bit of the pressure off of Dak, uh, saying that he'll. I mean, he's experienced. Yes, he is. He uh, has a lot of experience. And uh, let's say Dak, is not feeling it one day. Uh, he doesn't have the pressure of he's the only guy that could win. The way I see it. Is yeah, they signed uh, Andy Dalton to a one-year deal, but the reasoning behind it, I feel like, 
maybe a little off in, in the way you're seeing it. Let me explain what I mean. They signed Andy Dalton. Why? Do you think they signed him because they're trying to resolve the quarterback, uh, the backup quarterback situation? Because we this whole time the deck's been the quarterback, that has never been an issue. Yeah. Who's our backup? Like because Dak has been so durable. Mm-hmm. So we've never had to ask those questions. We've never had to worry about who is our backup quarterback or even ask the question if we even need a backup quarterback. If you ask Cowboy fans two years ago, who's your backup quarterback, you probably wouldn't even know because he's not important, at least at the time. I think people still think Cooper Rush is on the roster. Yeah, no, he went back with uh, Red. Uh, Redskins? Nah, what's his name? Uh, 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 Justin Garrett, he went to New York. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, He was trash. So anyways, he got signed to a year, a one-year deal. What I'm thinking right now, we don't have Dak, right? He's unsigned. What I'm thinking is Jerry Jones is trying to add leverage to his side of the field because he knows that Dak was feeling like, okay, you're not going to pay me, right? All right, go start your season with Cooper Rush then. And you tell, you, you're going to come back to me. And, and now we're really going to talk because right now you're not listening to me. And you sign Andy Dalton. Boom. To me, that's a slap in the face to Dak. Saying, all right, you don't want to sign. We have, we're we going to sign this guy, which I believe the money he got, they could have given to Dak. But that's a conversation for uh, another day. Well, they only have two other uh, backups. Uh, one guy they drafted. and Yeah, one guy they drafted. And the other guy, he's only been on, on the league for a year. And I had never seen him play. Clayton? Thorson? But you can you cannot say those guys are expected to play for the next season. No. I don't believe that they got those guys specifically for the 2020 season to play. No, those are backups. So what I mean is Jerry Jones got this got Andy Dodd to kind of like say, all right, you're not going to sign. Watch us go in with this guy that's already won. He's been to the playoffs. He may not have had the best of help, but you put – our offensive line. I don't believe he's him. ever had a team. That's uh, that's arguably uh, yeah. his biggest. Uh, AJ Green was his biggest receiver forever. Yeah, uh, I forgot his. Um, uh, what's it? Mixon, his running back yeah. that came out of uh, college controversy. But anyways, uh, he's never really had a team. I get that, but now he has a, a team. This is, could be a good and a bad thing Hello because team. if you do not win with this team, you're trash. Yeah, and you have not, and you're. But I don't think he's. You're risking not winning, or not being able because this is a one year deal. So next year he's going back into the market. Yeah. So if you don't live up to a quarterback role and you don't do what you are expected to do, where are you gonna go? They're gonna not only are you gonna take a pay cut next time, but you're not gonna be as desirable as uh, other people may want you to be because I think uh, from what I've read he was uh, he had like seven offers. But he chose to come to Dallas oh. because I want to say he can, he went back to, to Texas. Yeah, he went to TCU, so he came back. He's from Katy, Texas. Okay. So uh, he yeah. came back here. Um, he must have been listening to that Drake song. You know what I'm saying? When he when he Katy, Texas, Dallas, yeah. Texas, different environment. So he uh, he signed here. But this is this is my thing, right? Does this remind you for some reason? Uh, of the Tony Pollard Zeke Elliott situation, yeah, somewhat. Because but I mean, the thing is, Zeke Elliott had got paid already. No, because from what from if anybody doesn't remember last year, that was the that was the whole dilemma. Are they gonna sign Zeke? 
and they were talking about you know this guy Tony Pollard he's looking really good out there man I, I wouldn't mind going to war with Tony Pollard it looks like he may be the one and this and that hyping him up hyping him up thought- but at the end they wanted to sign they wanted to sign Zeke and a little bit before the season there, there's hardly any pressure right now because we're in May yeah but when he starts getting closer and closer to it and and it's the that it's already there like we're already it's almost close to september it's getting close to season opener and dag is still not signed bro that fire is going to be so far up your ass where you're just going to be like all right we'll sign him because i don't think you really want to go to war with fucking andy dalton you don't want to le- you don't want to be he you don't want him to be the guy moving uh-huh. leading the line the red rifle is not the answer, bro. Yeah. You, that's not what you do. So I think Dak is going to be, he's in that Zeke role right now where he knows that he's the guy that they want. And to be honest, he really, the only reason why he's not signed to me is because they never really wanted him. If, you, if we're being honest. You're talking he, about Dak? Yeah. He was never supposed to be the guy. Like, until... He turned, uh, Until Romo got hurt, yeah. and he was forced into the role, and he took off. And then that's when Jerry had the decision the decision to make, do I keep the guy that's on fire, or do I put in my my my, my son, quote-unquote. And, and you saw how that went. And now he's trying to find any excuse not to pay him. Last year, Zeke, got sus- with, before he got paid, he was suspended. He was partying. He was constantly in the news. Still got paid. Let that have been Dak. Yeah. Shit. You've been out the team. You've been released. But right now, it's like, like I said, I've said it and I've said it many times. He is the most underappreciated, over-criticized quarterback in the league. And I think you thinking that you're going to be able to move forward. Andy, will he win you some games, Andy Dalton? Yes. Hell yeah. He will win you some games. I'm not saying he's flat-out garbage and he's not going to do anything. But to you, for you to tell me that if you make it into the playoffs and you're going to go to war with Andy Dalton, I don't think so. And I don't even think you're going to go that far. Like, uh, what I mean is, like, you're not going to use him as far as going into the playoffs, like, leading into the playoffs. You don't trust him that much? Andy Dalton? Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, because you know why? Let me tell you something. Who was the number one overall? Uh, who, who was the team that was uh, the number one pick this year? Who got the number one pick this year? The Bengals. Who played for the Bengals last year? Yeah, but I don't blame it on him. I I just think their program wasn't good for him. Mm-hmm. I don't see why this guy, you think he's going to, we have a hell of a team. Yeah, yeah. Who has chemistry with Andy Dalton? Nobody has chemistry with Andy Dalton. Hey. It's going to be his first season. Nobody has ever played with him. So, and I just feel like, Dak has just so much respect for everybody. Everybody uh, respects Dak so much that they want him to be the guy to, to lead them to glory or whatever yeah. the case may be. And I just feel like Dak is going to be holding out. I, like I said, I put it on the Instagram page. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I said Dak has been the scapegoat for everybody every year. If Zeke, if Zeke drops the ball and gets a, a fumble, he causes a fumble, it's Dak's fault. If... Uh, Whatever reason anything happens, uh, our kicker misses the field goal, it's Dak's fault. So he's been the scapegoat for everybody uh, since he got the team. The only time he got love was his first season. And after that, it's been straight disrespect. Mm. And now 
it's time to get paid. The Marcus Lawrence got paid. Uh, Jalen Smith got paid. Uh, who else got paid? All the offensive linemen got paid. Z got paid. Everybody's getting paid. Now your most important position needs to get paid, and now you don't want to pay him. Uh-huh. I bet you if it was Tony Romo, you'd pay him. And I, in my opinion, Dak is way better than Tony Romo. Uh, what? Just he hasn't gotten injured. Uh, not in arm-wise. Arm-wise? Bro, it took him, and Tony Romo has said it himself, it took him a career's worth time to get it where he where it was. And I think as of right now, Dak is making the same thing, and but he doesn't have those injury-prone qualities. What's better, you trying to fix it or being dependable and being able to be out there and play? I don't think if you're, I think if you're dependable, you're more valuable to the team. Yeah. And I think you should be able to get paid for your worth. I see what you're saying, but I just feel like. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, people just don't want to give him the credit, bro. I get it. It may not be everybody's cup of tea. You're seeing these Mahomes uh, quarterbacks. You're seeing Aaron Rodgers. You're seeing Lamar Jackson. You're seeing uh, Deshaun Watson. You're seeing Tua, Joe Burrow. Dak is just not probably not everybody's cup of tea. Nah, I want to say Dak. Damn. He's like starter. He's like. I don't know. I don't know. I just nobody knows. I just can't. That's what I'm saying. He just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like he's been there for you. He took over this. This is the most dysfunctional franchise I've ever seen. One of the most dysfunctional franchises I've ever seen. And I cover the Rangers and I cover uh, the Longhorns. I cover everybody. This franchise specifically is dysfunctional as shit. Like, I don't understand the way they do things. I mean, they, they've built a hell of a team. I give you that. Yeah. But we don't play the game on paper. We don't go by position by position. Yeah. Our our uh, players are probably arguably better than anybody else. But when it gets time to get on that field, it's not the same thing. So I just feel like um, he's just not uh, appreciated as much as he should. And I think people need to get behind him and give him the respect that he's earned. He's not asking for a handout. He's earned this. And for you to say that you're you don't mind going to the season with Andy Dalton, that's some bullshit. When this dude just got his ass released from Cincinnati for a guy who hasn't even played a single down in the NFL. Hasn't played a damn game. And he got released. They're going with him. They're done with you. And you mean to tell me you're gonna come to the Cowboys and you're gonna take over Dak? Is he related his to Jerry? No. Okay. No, he's you not. You would think. I mean, you would think him just coming over here like nothing. And just get. I mean, obviously. But I mean, they're only paying him like what seven million. That's uh, with incentives. I think he's guaranteed three. Okay. But you can get up to seven with uh, with the incentives. But he's not getting those. Okay. Bro, you got to. So put, he's right now playing for three. Playing for three. Oh man. And he. Uh, I was listening to Undisputed yesterday, and they were saying they were kind of like analyzing a little bit of the incentives that he would need to do. Or to hit to be able to get those seven millions, bro. He's got to take majority of the snaps in the Super Bowl if we ever get to the Super Bowl and win. <laughs> those are unreachable. Yeah, you're not gonna get those. But I mean, he wanted. I guess he wanted to come back to Texas. But if anybody wants to go to war with the Red Rifle, man, hey, God be with you. But I don't think that, that he is gonna be. He'll play some games, and that's I think that was what was promised to him because just the dilemma that's going on. You're not sure if Dak is gonna sign in the beginning of the season. You're not sure if he's going to be available in the yeah. beginning of the season. So I get what they're doing. 
But to say that you're fine with Dak sitting out the season and saying he's not going to play until he gets paid and you're okay with going with Andy Dalton being your quarterback. Shit, good luck. The Cowboys went out and got the cheapest starter that they could find. and He definitely has been a starter this whole time. Yeah, I mean, and for the price, I mean, I don't blame him. Mm -hmm. I mean, do I trust him more than the other backups? Yes, I do. Do I trust him more than Dak? I want to say. 50-50, 50-50, I trust Dak more just because he's uh, healthy, younger, and he knows the team. And I've seen him do what he does. But can this team win with another uh, with an average quarterback? I believe that too. They could win with And average. I, I, I want to say Andy Dalton is pretty average. Uh, he's not the worst. He's not the best. He's decent. He has an arm. He's a guy. Yeah. And just guy. for all the weapons that the Cowboys have right now, I believe he could do some things that maybe Dak will do a lot better. But if Dak is not, if they're not agreeing on, you know, on the contract, then all I want to see is the Cowboys win some games, bro. That's all I want. And I think the right way to do it is to get your guy. Yeah. Go get your guy. Don't let him walk, stay over there and, and, and not pay him. Just go pay him and And the the, the main issue there. is just the years, right? The The... Yeah, I, think it's the year and the, I think it's the year and the guaranteed money. Oh. The guaranteed money at signing. I think that's what they want. So uh, Could Jerry uh, be out of cap? Uh, oh, yeah. You'll, you'll take a big cap hit if you... Uh, if you sign him. If you sign him. But there was no... There was nothing with... I don't... That shouldn't be a conversation. As a player, if I'm Dak, I don't give a fuck about that. That's not my problem. Yeah. You had all these years to get this done. It's not my fault. Now, now that it's just me, now you're making it my business. Now you're insulting me, because if I was any other, if to put if, it like we, if we couldn't afford to keep all the receivers that we have right now, signing Dak, would you be happy with that? If we wouldn't be able to keep all the receivers, yeah, yes, you'd be happy with that. Yes, let's say we have to go get mediocre receivers. No, I would get rid of uh, Michael Gallup because Mark Cooper's already been signed. Uh, uh, Ceedee Lamb is under a rookie contract, and then you got. Uh, uh, Michael Gallup and if I had to get rid of anybody else, I, I would get rid of Gallup get rid of him and we already have CDs Rasidi is way better than him so I'll keep him and then you just go get somebody else but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind but that's not my problem I, let's just, let me put it let me end it with this and I know this is gonna sound a little crazy but if I'm if I'm Patrick Mahomes and I play for the Cowboys do you think it would be the same problem no obviously what is the fucking problem here? The thing is that Mahomes could probably win with mediocre receivers. I just think that Jerry never wanted Dak. Uh, That's the thing. He was never supposed to play, bro. He was never supposed to play. Cooper Rush was above him when he got think, the starting Do you think role. he will keep him around for four years if he never wanted him? I just think there's nobody else available that he would want to pay. Who? Cam Newton? He's not going to go get Cam Newton. Fuck not that. that. I mean, he could have picked what? anybody Pick else. Who? Who? There's nobody out there. There's nobody out there that you're going to go get that's going to be better than Dak right now. I'm not saying better. I'm just saying if you don't want the guy, you, you could go get somebody that's maybe not as good, but that you would like him. He kept uh, Jason Garrett around for over a decade. Yeah, that's a coach, though, bro. That's but that, what I'm saying is that if you don't like the guy, I mean, you don't keep the guy around. No, you don't. I mean, keep... look at this. If if you don't like your girl, like, I'm not trying to say, like, okay, like, in a relationship, if you don't like the person that you're with, that you're working with, you don't keep them around for four years. No, and you... then talk about, you know, like a contract. 
I get that. Uh, I get what you're trying I to wanna say. I want to say if he if he really didn't want him, he would have released him. He, he doesn't even have to offer him a contract. He would have just started looking around for whoever's available right now. And like Andy Dalton, he just picked him up. He would just look up for anybody that's a little better than Andy and I just think keep rolling. He, okay, let me reverse He'll save a lot of money like that. If he would have really wanted him, he would have already been signed. Nah, I just think that this is just a. Uh, Everybody this, this says is, this, this, is done, this deal should have been done two I, years ago. I think this is just business at this point. Uh, I want to say they both messed up by waiting too long. Uh, Dak should have demanded this last year. When it's, you can't it's, demand it, you cannot when, demand it because well, I'm should, I'm still on the contract. It's your duty to do it. If like you said, we're exactly. just, we were just speaking on your phone on your situation. It's their fault. They were supposed to tell you what you owe. If uh, you're done with your phone bill, they're supposed to tell you. You, I mean, you at least assume that's what they're going to do. Yeah. If I'm Dak, I assume you're going to come to me because I've been playing so well. I got rookie of the year. I've got you to two playoffs. I've at least got a playoff win. This dude does not have a playoff win. Andy Dalton does not have a playoff win. So, and he's been to the playoffs. Yeah. So, I've got, I've, who, what, what, what are we waiting on? Like, I just don't see the problem. Like I said, he's just underappreciated, and I just know that he's not going to get the respect that he deserves. So... I mean, we've seen that for four years, so I wouldn't expect that anymore. Yeah. So, good luck. Get used to calling the Red Rifle your quarterback because of right now that's who it is. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Okay, bro. Let's move somewhat in the similar direction. We saw one of the best receivers. If people would argue he was the best receiver coming out of the draft uh, in CeeDee Lamb. Came to the Cowboys. I saw CeeDee Lamb play a lot in, in Oklahoma. Hell of a receiver. And I'm not mad at the pick. Now, what I am a little bit concerned and a little bit um, not ticked off, but I was bothered. Uh-huh. That he announced. The way I got the, the news was. He chose the number 88. That's the mm. news I got. Yeah. CD Lamb will be wearing the number 88. So I was like, okay. I mean, you know, 88 is a, a popular number here, for yeah, especially yeah. for receivers. Yes. Michael Irving, Des Bryant. So there's been, uh, it's like a trend, I guess you can say, that it happens for big-time receivers. I'm surprised, to be honest, I'm surprised uh, Amari Cooper didn't get it when he first got here. But I guess he just didn't uh, want to step into that role. Well, it wasn't this. Des wasn't here anymore, so. No, but he wasn't, uh, like, he didn't get drafted by us. No, I guess that could be one of them. He, and he was, he's been playing under his number for a while already, too. No, nah, because he was 84, or, yeah, I think he was 84 was. in, uh, in the Raiders. In the Raiders? Yeah. So, when he chose 19, I was just like, okay, I thought you would have gotten, like, at least in the 80s, something like that, but anyways. Well, maybe 88, just, you see, I'm, you know what? Would it make more sense for him to no, have no, it? No, 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 no. It doesn't make more sense. I, I, I'm guessing whenever he came on over here, I mean, Des Bryant's still out there. I mean, he, he, it would have been like disrespect. Okay, I get what you mean. You I know? was about to say because it was there no, was no sign of him. No, coming no, back. there's no sign of him coming back. But that's his number, and he's still around. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would see it like disrespect to okay. come over here to your home and then take your number and they give your number. Yeah, away. that yeah. means that you know, like this is my. They're house done with now. you. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I get. It. I feel. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. So now the the news had came out that he really wanted number 10. That was and I have I had heard that before they were announced that he took the number 88 that he wanted to be number 10. I was like number 10, but Tavon Austin is number 10. So what the fuck? Yeah. But you know Tavon Austin is no longer with us, so it made sense. He didn't have to convince anybody like Tom Brady had to 
uh, or they were debating for Tom Brady to get number 12. Somebody, uh, I think God, what's the name? Uh, the receiver from, from the Bucks. I forgot his name, but he has the, the, uh, number 12 and you know, they eventually gave it to Tom Brady or whatever. And over here, the number 10 was available. If you want the number 10, you can take it, you know, uh-huh. it's up for grabs, whatever. You know, his, his, uh, CD lambs idol is DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins is number 10. Yeah. So he was just like, I want to, you know, I want to be like my idol, D-Hop. You know, I want to take the number 10 just like he did. Um, so, but Jerry Jones said that his friend, his name is Jerry Lamb. What a fucking coincidence. That he had just passed away. He played with him in Arkansas when he was playing college. And he was like a receiver or whatever. And he wanted him to pay homage to his friend. By having one of his best receivers wear the number 88. So he told CeeDee Lamb to take the number 88. I was like, what the fuck? What is that? What kind of shit is that? I was like, bro, this dude has no relate. He probably didn't even know who he was. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't know who he was, who he is to no, this nobody, day. Nobody knows. So I was like, what does that got to do with me? Like, I'm just speaking in, uh, and I wouldn't be 100% that I wouldn't put this out of, out of, the, out of the equation that that didn't run through CeeDee's head. But you know you getting paid. You pick me first. You're first with your first pick in the first uh, round. I take that hit, right? I think that's what he did. But in my head, in my head, what I'm thinking is like, bro, so like I don't know this guy. If if something happens and you want me to pay homage to somebody I don't know, it's not the same. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Me wearing 88 doesn't mean anything to me. Like it's just a number at the end of the day. If you swear C.D. Lamb is gonna go on that field and touch that grass and say. Jerry Lamb, this one's for you. Hell nah. You don't know him. Like, he has no ties to this dude. It just makes Jerry Jones, like, I guess, I guess when he sees CD Lamb and he sees Lamb in the back of the jersey and he sees ADA and him catching balls from the Red Rifle, um, he may feel like he's seeing his friend out there, you know. But that has nothing to do. I, I've never heard and I've never seen an owner tell a player to pretty much he chose your number. He cho- everybody gets to choose their number when they get to the league unless somebody already has it and you yeah. got to take it from somebody else or you got to get a different one because yours, that one, the one you wanted has already been taken. But for you to come in and tell, and tell the player you're wearing number 88, the fuck? Those are big shoes to fill. So my question is, do you think Jerry Jones is making him fill shoes that he never asked to wear in the first place? Like, you're making me wear this 88 and have this big ass target of the number 88, which you know what it means here in Dallas. Yeah. Bro, you're putting Definitely. unnecessary expectations on me, even Definitely. though there's already is expectations. Definitely. And uh, not only that, uh, not not even only ex- on the expectations, but we all, I mean, I've, me and you have talked about this over and over again. The Cowboys organization is not a normal organization. It's a big soap opera, La Novela de Jerry Jones. Yeah. And, if he's not happy, well, you're probably not getting paid like that. Uh, but um, I just see it like he's just like I told you like he's I think he's living his uh, his I guess college Man. games uh, life throughout the Cowboys and he he wasn't able to go pro and now he's he's just making all the moves for every individual player. I wouldn't doubt it if he like if he told people what to eat sometimes <laughs> like. Uh, I, I I take this like really disrespectful, and uh, I mean because he played his ass off throughout college for him to have the freedom to have his own legacy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then to step into the team 
and then get that taken away from you. Good point. And that sucks. Yeah, it really and, does. Uh, Jerry Jones is really uh, he's 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 living in a fairy tale, to be honest. And I feel like these players are his pawns, bro. Like he's I mean he's gonna tell them what to what to wear. He's gonna tell them what to do. He's gonna tell them when to play. And and the way I see it, CD Lamb, if you're trying to get paid, man, just go along with it while you're with the Cowboys. Yeah. Cause. Yeah, I don't think he could have rejected that, to be honest. Yeah, you're kind of like put me under. Yeah. Uh, like, you kind of pointed a, uh, a gun in my head. He's put on the it. spot. Like, I mean, I I want to say he's going to play his ass off regardless, whatever number's on his back. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see him as a guy that would take that pressure of a number. You know, like, Des Bryant, okay? You know, like, that's somebody that people looked up to for a long time wearing 88. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Irvin, though. Uh, that's a, that's that's big shoes to fill. But a lot of people say he should have been retired after he wore it. Yeah, after Michael Irvin wore it. But they say I I don't think the Cowboys retire numbers. Yeah, I don't see if, I don't see. But I've never seen any quarterback to number eight for Troy Aikman or twenty one as a running. I mean, was it twenty two as a running back? I don't think nobody's ever taken that. So no. I don't know. Maybe the eighty eight is the only one, which yeah. is kind of weird. But it's kind of. Do you think? Let me ask you this. Um, like you said, he was put under pressure, right? And you really couldn't say no. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of like a somewhat of a test of what kind of guy you are? Like right now, with this standoff and and people taking uh, certain stances on what they believe in, and I'm not talking about politically or nothing like that, but I'm just talking about for what they're worth. You, you know where you stand or how far you can go with a certain player. So this guy barely coming into the league, and he asks you, or pretty much tells you to wear the number 88. Now, if I'm CeeDee Lamb and I say, look, Mr. Jones, my my role model and my idol since, I was, uh, since I've been like trying to get into the NFL has been DeAndre Hopkins. And I want to be the number 10 like he is. And that would mean a lot to me to wear the number 10. And I know this means a lot for you because my we share the same last name with, with the guy you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't do me any justice to wear that number. Now, and I hope you understand and you give me the number that I would like, number 10. Maybe Jerry Jones, maybe we'll take it to consideration. But if you just flat out said yes, and it kind of feels like you had to because this is the owner that took you uh, in the 17th pick in the first round. And the first thing he tells tells you to do, I guess, you say no. It kind of may rub him the wrong way. Yeah. And I guess, uh, but I think if he would have said like how I just explained it, Maybe that would have shown a little bit more character and where he's coming with. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I'm pretty sure he knows now. What? I don't think I don't think CD has ever expressed how he really felt going. In, like, but I mean, being, just by him saying that he wanted to be number ten because yeah. of you know his reasons. But I'm that had been sure. put out before. The him trying to be number ten. So before. Jerry knew this. Uh I don't. That I don't know. You know Jerry. Yeah. Sometimes shit just goes over his head, and yeah. he's like. <laughs> number 10 nigga you wear number 88 that's yeah. it that's all you're doing so i just feel like i mean that there, there may be unnecessary pressure that jerry put on him and I, which i hope and i and i pray that that doesn't carry too much weight hopefully that jersey is not too heavy for him because now if you already if you're coming into the season with the with the weight of being the 17th and the first pick of the cowboys in the first round add that number 88 jersey on top of that that's a lot of weight that you're going to be carrying throughout the season. So let's just hope that it's not too heavy. And with the weapons that we have, I feel like uh, we have enough to do to get to our destination and to our 
first obstacle, which is to get to the to the playoffs. Well, obviously, it's win the division and get to the playoffs. Yeah. And we're not even going to talk about Super Bowl because we are not those kind of fans that we're talking about Super Bowl and the season hasn't even started yet. So going in to the NFL, still sticking to the topic of the NFL, we're trying to run through these because we've got a couple. The Cowboys schedule released. Did you cop that? Did you see that? Yep. So that was the whole topic yesterday because we are recording this on a Friday. So yesterday, Thursday, it was released finally the schedule for the for the NFL, not just the Dallas Cowboys. It was released for the NFL, and we get to see every all the matchups. And not only that, like I said, content is so sought after right now, so in high demand that when content comes out, it is just everywhere. Yeah. And I love it, you know, be, me trying to be the part of this media thing that I like all what content br- what content brings to the table, you know what I mean? So the Cowboys schedule was released, and like we said, we had ran through the schedule before, right? Yeah. We ran through it, and we spoke about how I felt. My record may have been a little too biased, but that was me thinking with Dak being with the, in the forefront and CD and all our weapons and all this and that realistically looking at it now things might change i'm gonna stick to it i'm not gonna change it i may be out to look like an idiot but i'm willing to stick with my guns but week one we got the la rams we open in la i think that's an easy w with the rams right i mean i i I would like that i mean i wouldn't mind and then you come back home in week two against the falcons falcons and then number three you're at Seattle week three, week four. You're at the Browns. I mean, week four. You're you're here at the Browns. Browns come here, which is Baker coming back to to Texas, and you know he's got OBJ and them boys. He's got a, a upgraded team. We'll see how he, how mature he is coming down here and having his friends and family here. All that it, it may be a gift and a curse. You never know. And then you got the Giants coming here again. Excuse me. Not again. I mean, they're coming here for the first time that season. The Giants. And then we have Arizona. To me, that's one of the biggest games on the schedule for me. I know there's higher, bigger teams, whatever. The Arizona game is a sleeper for me because Arizona, I've told you how, how good I feel about Kyler Murray coming here back home. I expect him to be a, a, a have a, will it be too high to say he'll have like a Lamar Jackson leap year? You know how Lamar Jackson just mm-hmm. took off from year one to year two. And I think Kyler Murray's going to be one of those quarterbacks where people are like, God damn, dude, is fucking good. Yeah. And he's coming back home, playing here. Got DeAndre Hopkins. Especially with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So, you know, they got they got a lot of uh, expectations, in my opinion. I just think that's kind of like a black horse. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good game. And that's going to be on a Monday night stage, bro. So that's all eyes on you. That's the only game going on. So, you know, that's that's a big deal. Uh, week seven, we play the Redskins at at uh, Washington. We're back to back road games because week eight we go to Philadelphia. Week nine, Steelers come here, and then you got week ten. We have the bye week. Week eleven at the Vikings. Week twelve, Redskins come here to Dallas. Week thirteen, we go to Baltimore to play Baltimore. It's gonna be a tough game. Week 14, we go to Cincinnati. The Red Rifle goes home. You know what I'm saying? Goes back to Cincinnati. Yeah. Gets to see the guy that took his job. Um, might play against him. Uh, might play. No, don't uh, don't get that out. It might be out there. I wouldn't mind seeing that, though. 
not 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 really like for the Cowboys, but for Andy Dalton. I get what you mean. Yeah, you come back to your That's home. A good story. You, you come back to your to your the team that released you, but you come back with a better team. With a better team, and you like, whoop their ass. Shit. Like, bro, yeah, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that'd definitely be, a good story. That'd be interesting. Yeah, hell yeah. And then you, fifteen, I've wanted these dudes since last year, bro. And week fifteen, I said to myself, and I said Dak is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Week fifteen, we get to see that. God willing, fingers crossed. Dak is already signed and it's available, and we'll give, we'll give week, uh, week fourteen at Cincinnati to to Andy Dalton. But week 15, I want to see San Francisco versus the Cowboys. San Francisco comes here. I wouldn't doubt it, bro. I said it. We, I think I have it. I can't remember. I got to look through my notes. But I think I gave us a win for that game. I think I like I see that. I see us winning. Especially now uh, with CeeDee Lamb. I see us winning. Yeah. So I, I just want to tear their ass up one time and let them know who, who, uh, who we really are. Eagles week 16. Uh oh. Game before, game before last uh, of the season. I see those two as easy dubs. The good thing is that we're here. Yeah. This this on week sixteen, we're gonna be here. We don't go to Philadelphia uh, at the end. I think last year we went to Philly, at the end, and this year they come to us. So that's kind of good. You think uh, Jalen will be starting by then? I think so. Probably. Uh, week seventeen, uh, we have Giants final game at in New York. So. 17 games like we 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 weren't sure how they were going to do it. Yeah. Uh but it is 17 weeks of, of football, but uh with the bye week uh we play 16 games. Yeah. 16 played, 17 uh 17 week schedule. And I think there's another uh there's another um uh wild card game added. So looking at the schedule, bro, do you think it's a hard schedule, an easy schedule, uh a mid-level schedule? I want to say do you anticipate a playoff winning uh, record? Nine, seven, ten, six. I'm calling. That's that's me, being biased. Right. Nine, seven, ten, six. Ten, six being at the at its best. And Let's say Dak is happy and getting his money. Our offense is going to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, our defense is able to. Because the thing is, I see a lot of teams that their offense is not that great. New York, they're not that great right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia now with a new uh, quarterback that might take. Take the, uh, take the lead they're not gonna be at 100 because they, they're like restarting again yeah uh, San Francisco they don't have an offense uh, I mean I they, think they that... have a defense Garoppolo obviously I mean he showed us that uh, he doesn't need to really pass the ball to win games mm-hmm. so um, they drafted a new receiver though he's good Are you, I yeah. think it's Ayuk yeah, he's, he's, yeah but I mean they can have dude. receivers but if you don't have a quarterback that could get the ball to then true that uh, so I just don't trust Garoppolo to uh to get that W, uh, uh, the Bengals, uh, I don't trust them. Uh, brand new, brand new. Uh, they don't have a team. Their team is uh, mediocre. They have a quarterback, but, but they have a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he's. I want to say it's going to be interesting to watch them. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to close a lot of games though. Uh, Washington, um, I see those as easy wins. Um, <coughs> I think you're going to see Chase Young come out. Out of the TV on those games against uh, when we play the Redskins, I think people are gonna know when you play. Usually, you don't you don't think of anybody when you play the Redskins, but you'll know who he is when he uh, when he comes to town or when you go over there for sure. Baltimore, um, I I just think that's not 
the Sunday. They're, they're, it just depends. We're good. They're way better. It just depends if we can stop uh, the run. I think our run, if they can stop our run, then we have a chance. I, I mean, let me rephrase that. If they cannot stop our run, we have a chance. That that game is going to be focused on the run game. Uh, they have J.K. Dobbins, fresh out of uh, uh, Ohio State, rookie, and they have Mark Ingram. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have Zeke and Tony Pollard. So... It's kind of like a, it's closer than people may seem or make it. But when it comes to a position like Duvernay, they have them in the slot. They have fucking uh, uh, Hollywood Brown. They have, um, they have uh, uh, the, the tight end from Oklahoma. I forgot his name. But uh, they, they have solid players uh, playing out there. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see. Now, if it's really close. I give them props for that, because that that's like by far, if not maybe the the favorites to win besides uh, uh the Buccaneers. It's good we didn't we yeah. didn't play them. The Bucks look solid, but I mean overall it's it's a tough schedule. Like just looking at it, because you know you got the Steelers. That's a that's a playoff team. Ravens, playoff team. San Francisco, playoff. Uh, you can say playoff team. Uh, San Francisco. Do you? Yeah. It's uh, borderline. They're, they're borderline. Borderline playoffs. Playoff. Uh, what I meant to say was uh, Baltimore, San Francisco, you could say um, Philly is up there. Seattle, for sure. Seattle is going to be a tough game. And you play at Seattle. Yeah. So that's a tough game. The Falcons. Uh, They're borderline. Yeah, borderline. They lost their, their tight end, but they still have uh, they still have Julio. And uh, I wonder how, um, what's his name? From who? Running back. They just uh, oh, signed. Uh, 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 Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. I wonder how good he's going to do over there. Yeah, or if he's even going to play. Yeah. He's going to be available. Because if he doesn't play, then they're probably not going to get to the... That's what they needed. They needed, they needed some type of running game. Yeah, and now it's going to be kind of uh, a little questionable. Like, yeah, yeah like, you got one, but is, is he going to play? Like, I feel like... Uh, what's his name? His quarterback, uh, Matt Ryan. I feel like he's he's on that camp... Uh, um, Hangover from Super Bowl, and he hasn't been able to recover. Yeah. After yeah. that run, he just hasn't been able to get it out. I guess get out of his head, or but he hasn't been able to win. You talking about Cam? Uh, I'm talking about Matt Ryan with uh, oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he lost his uh, his tight end, yeah. uh, Hooper, to uh, the Browns. Yeah. So the Browns got another. Uh, the Browns have slowly been uh, creeping up to the. In uh, name wise, cause elite last teams. Year, last year they were they were like everybody was saying, and I to be honest, I was one of them saying that they were going to make the playoffs. And yeah. They didn't. No. And they because just because of the names, but now they're uh they're assessing the 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 positions they need, offensive tackle, protect Baker, let him do what he can do, uh Baker, get in fucking shape. And mature a little bit because you got help because he can't be fighting. Receivers. Yeah, he can't be fighting on the field like he was last year. And you got uh, gonna get some more helmets. Uh, nah, he wasn't fighting. It was uh, what's his name? Uh, the defensive end. Um, uh, what's his name? I forgot. Who got hit in the head with a helmet? Uh, Mason Rudolph from the Steelers. But it was that game. It was the Browns versus Steelers, and it was uh. Damn, I forgot his fucking name. Uh, the defensive end for this day from Texas A&M. I forgot his this day, his first name. It, it was, was Baker Mayfield that got hit in the head. Nah, Baker Mayfield was on the sideline. It was uh, it's the way Mason Rudolph. Oh, oh, oh. But anyway, could, I, I was Miles Garrett. That was his name. It was Miles Garrett. I, and, I was uh, wrong. Yeah, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph were getting into it. 
Uh, but no, nah, if you think about it, they've attacked their. They have Njoku at tight end. They have Hooper at tight end. They got Kareem Hunt. No, they don't have Kareem. Yeah, they do. They have Kareem Hunt and they got Nick Chubb as running backs. And they got Odell and Juice uh, yeah. on, at the wide opposition. And you got Baker Mayfield. They got a fucking yeah, squad. So they should be better than what they've been, right? So that's that's one of the them and uh, Seattle are one of the teams that I'm looking scared, at. That I'm looking at that they could be those. Uh, they'll be good games too. Yeah, definitely good games. One of them will be at home, which will be the Browns, and then the other one will be away at Seattle. So overall, I have I give it a good. Uh, uh, we make the playoffs. I give you that, and I think that we should. I and I feel like the extra, the extra wild card game helps us, gives us a better chance to yeah. get in there. So definitely a good schedule to look forward to. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully we get the right. Uh, the right um i mean the green light to go forward with the season season opener will be september 13th it will be at seven o'clock at in la versus the rams so that's a good thing to go to look forward to okay bro let me let me make a quick a quick uh case for my guy right so i was looking through through a few posts or whatever and i come across this post where it says um well, first of all, they've already started coming out with mock drafts for, for next year's draft. They've been saying uh, for sure Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. Justin Fields is going to be number two. Justin Fields from uh, Ohio State. Uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Number one number one and number two quarterbacks. But uh, my guy, Sam Ellinger from Texas, was ranked number three on 240, uh, 247 Sports. And... And I feel like he's one of the guys that's being uh, being very kind of like underappreciated. Like he, they, they let him go over their heads. This dude has been balling. He's been playing his ass off. He's constantly uh, upgrading his game every year. Um, yes, he plays in the Big 12 Conference. And people, like I've said before, people don't respect the big 12 conference they feel like they don't play no defense and just because they play offense that doesn't mean that when you come across these big uh tough sec uh big 10 defenses that you're not gonna produce but for the past years this dude has made bowl games he's played against uh playoff caliber teams last year utah was up there to win top four to get into the college football playoff they messed that up but they ended up going to a bowl game and they played texas texas was probably by far one of the worst defenses in college football last year these dudes go in there and they beat the hell out of fucking utah the year before that they're they're playing really good georgia gets doesn't make the cut it was razor sharp cut that it would they were about to make it but they didn't make it they go play Texas. Texas beats them again. I mean, not again, but they beat a big team, a big SEC team that no, is known for big defenses, and it was fighting to get into the college football playoff. And you already know how hard it is to get in that tournament in and of itself. So that's tough. And for you to go to play against a team like Texas in the Big 12, and for them to handle you like that or to even play as good as they did when you were by far the biggest one of the underdogs in this game, the bowl games where they didn't give you much of a chance come out and show one of the main reasons they were pulling it off is because of sam ellinger's greatness he has been that good every single year that being said 
we going into next season, which would be his senior season. Um, he's returning one more year, and I feel like that's the best decision he made because there's some quarterbacks that I feel like in this draft that should have stayed their senior year just to better themselves and get a higher draft. Their draft stock would have definitely gone up if they would have stayed one more year, but some people just don't want to stay a whole year. They just want to be a part of that. They, they I guess you can say they suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out, and right now since – they want attention, I guess, and they just feel like they're that good. Sometimes you feel that way about yourself, and I give you props for feeling like that. You should feel like that about yourself. You should have the mu- the utmost confidence in yourself to say, I'm that good, and I believe that I can go in there and execute. My abilities are that good that I can go in there and do whatever it takes to win and, and earn my position. But sometimes you need those people around you that's going to say, look, bro, that's not the move right now. I know you feel like you're that good, and I know you you feel like you're going to be able to succeed in the next level, but I feel like your chances are much more higher. Just take those chances, and that and that energy that you have right now is just going to be that much higher next season because you're just going to be more sought after. More attention is going to be on you. Uh-huh. This may not be the right time. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, look, th- I'm, I'm going to say... Sam Ellinger had his sophomore season. He's a he, last year he was junior, and I want to say, and and I'll tell you why I'm going. I'm starting at his sophomore season, right? He, because the the two guys that are above him are sophomores. They just the the season they just play they just finished playing and they're ranked above him. They played their sophomore season this past season. So going into this next season, they would be juniors. Sam will be a senior. So, in in let me say this: in Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence had thirty six, thirty six uh hundred yards, three thousand six hundred and sixty five yards passing. In Sam Ellinger's junior year, which was one of his worst teams that he's ever had, he had three hundred three thousand six hundred and sixty three yards. It was two yards more than than Sam, and he had very bad. His receivers were constantly hurt. His running back was constantly hurt. So he was battling through a lot. Trevor Lawrence had 407 pass attempts. Sam uh, Sam Ellinger had 454 pass attempts. But Trevor Lawrence had 268 uh, completions. 268. Sam Ellinger had 296. Stick with me. He had 296, right? He, Trevor Lawrence had 36 touchdowns. Sam Ellinger had 32 touchdowns. Somewhere in the same ballpark. Trevor Lawrence had eight interceptions. Sam Ellinger had 10 interceptions. You know, still there. Completion rating. Sam had a 65%. Trevor Lawrence had a 65%. Still in the same realm. We're still there. I think uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, his longest pass was 87 yards, right? Sam Ellinger's longest pass was 75 yards. So, you know, they're somewhat around the same realm, right? I just don't feel like it's that far of a drop. You know what I mean? I feel Justin Fields, the number two ranked 
he had 32 passes, 3,273. Sam had 3,000 yards. And I get it, junior year, senior year. I mean, junior year, sophomore year. But when you're putting that, not pedestal, but you're putting in, you're putting him uh, in that kind of elite class of pick in that high top five. But I'm comparing it to this guy that's in the Big 12. Justin Fields plays in the Big 10. Trevor Lawrence plays in the ACC. This dude is not far behind. I think I'm 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 just trying to make a case and say, when you look and you make these mock drafts, pay attention to this guy because this guy had a spectacular season. Uh, individual wise, I think individual wise he leads his team to where they're at. I think the ball starts with him. They go as he goes. He is the uh, the the leader of the team. Number one overall, point blank period. The team goes everywhere. Pretty much follow him. Texas finished in third in the Big 12 last year with a record of eight and five. In the conference, they were five and four. You know. Right now they're ranked number three. I mean number 13, excuse me, going into the 2020 season. There's somebody that you want to look after because Oklahoma's out. They don't really have that much of uh talent. Uh they have talent, but they don't have their elite quarterback. They lost the receiver. They lost their um they lost their they lost the receiver. They lost their quarterback. So mm, uh, I would rather have Texas as my favorite right now. So I just feel like put some closer look, give a closer look at, at Texas. And I believe now is is there a Heisman a possibility? Maybe. A Heisman may be a possibility because last year he was going in there and they were talking about he, he was a sleeper winning the Heisman. And right now, Ellinger, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Put them in the Heisman uh, category. I think those three should be able to be in there for sure. The 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 other two, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, for sure they'll probably be in there just because they're bigger names. But Sam Ellinger, I think this year he's made it his duty to not be overlooked. I think he's made it his duty to be to make a case that he can win a championship, the Big Twelve championship, and make make a race. For the Heisman Trophy this season. So, with that being said, we, we're going to touch on one of your favorite topics, bro. Now, last week, I've gotten some feedback from some people that are close saying that for some reason, every time we talk about this guy, we can't seem to come to an agreement sometimes. It's always back and forth. There's, it's, a, it's a little debate almost all the time every time we hit this subject so let me hit you with this bro which i already know the question that you're about that i mean the the answer that you're about to give but i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask it anyways so if you've been on the instagram account right for those people that are listen to us uh religiously and i we appreciate you for listening i had put up a post where the inst- uh, we had put up a post uh on the Instagram saying which player would you rather build your team around? It was a it was a post that had been posted out there and I posted it myself because it was an interesting conversation to have, especially with people here and that watch the NBA. The the question said, which player would you rather build your team around? Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, John Morant, or Trey Young? You can go ahead, bro. 
and let the people know who your choice would would be. Come on, bro. Let me know. I hope you're going to shock the world with your pick, but go ahead, bro. Look, I, I enjoy seeing Zion because he's like, uh, I want to say like a mini LeBron. Like he's, a, he's a rookie LeBron, and okay. he's at a high level. And he didn't even play like, I want to say, he, he didn't even play half of the season, right? Yeah, he did play. Because he was out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really looked into uh, John Moran or Trey Young, which I know. I mean, uh, bro, I don't follow that many basketball players. Uh, so I can't I can't say anything about them right right now. Okay. Um, one guy stood out though. Luca, I just been watching him since he st- he came onto the maps. So I seen his his progression. I seen his also his uh, struggles. Uh, but seeing him coming uh, from overseas and being so young, I just think that he has so much potential that hasn't even been like uh, touched. And the team that they have now. I want to say finish off the season and then go back next year and let's see what we could remove, what we could add. And I, I want to say this could be a working around Luca would be a. I want to say he could get a ring soon. Who? Luca. Soon. Okay. Talking about the next five years. Okay. Okay. Would you say if he doesn't, you think that's a failure? No. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a. It just like I said, like if they continue to add pieces that he needs, uh, the way I see it is not about completing but complementing each other in the in, in the court. Um, right now, him and uh, Porzingis complement each other, but there's some other players that are able to the, the, to pick up the 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 slack that they both might. You know. Let me ask you. Th- let me let me ask you this question. Why does um. So why does uh, Porzingis have better stats when Luca's not playing than when he is playing? What what may be the cause? Because he that? plays more defense, uh, and I feel like most of our team is uh, offensively driven. Uh, and I guess whenever he's on the field, like he evens it out. It's not always take the shot, take the shot. But like you know, like uh, all right, think about it. Distribute the ball. Mm-hmm. When we get on the defensive end, he knows how to get the team back on onto the other side. You know, without just okay, pass the ball to Luca, take the shot. You know, like there's more options. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever Luca's on the on the on the, on the court, all the pressure's on him. Mm-hmm. You just get the ball, give it to Luca. That's all. That's that's the game plan. Yeah, always. I I feel like with Porzingis, he's able to use everybody. Exactly. But sometimes, I mean, that, I I can think I get what you mean. I think that's just the case when you have a superstar player. Yeah. That they seem to revolve the. They know that he could put up the numbers, so they expect him to do it. Yeah. All the time. But well, the, and a lot of times we have a lot of turnovers because of that. I think he expects himself to do that, and sometimes that, that's a little of an immature way of thinking, to, in my opinion. I think. Uh, I think a lot of superstar players think that way. Uh, what? That they have to be the guy. Yeah, but what I mean about being the guy is um, to impact the game. Yeah, impact the game, make the right decisions. Not it's not always necessarily scoring. LeBron is not always scoring. I mean, he 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 gets his own. Yeah, but he also makes the team better. Makes the team, the players, make the, helps them create their own shots. 
get open looks and stuff like that. Stuff like that will come within time, though. So, I, of course, I believe you were going to say Luca was going to be your guy, uh, which is not mad at because if I'm looking at the the four, um, me knowing what you know and what you kind of would go off of, Trey Young, too small. Sorry. He's too small. I can't, I, I wouldn't have that. I can't build my team around him, just in my opinion, from Atlanta. I can't build my team around him. Zion Williamson, it's not a point guard. So I can't build my team around him. I can, uh, I, I could build my team around him. Um, like I would have to get I him like a point him because guard. He's, I like him because he's good and he's, he's, a, he's a good size. He's so high I mean, flying. Yeah. Attack attacks the he's kind of like Shaq in my opinion okay like Shaq was very unstoppable uh to massive uh but he didn't have no bounce like this dude this yeah. dude has creative I mean stupid bounce like he has ups he can't shoot in my opinion he can't really shoot like that yeah. I, I think his shot is uh but that's not his strong point mm. like if you don't come in with that you can develop but it's not your strong suit yeah yeah so and his passing would be okay. I think he's more of a uh, in the paint score. Yeah, yeah. Like if he's in the paint, he can get to the rim. That's what I like about him. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. I, I like I like to watch, but me personally, I wouldn't build my team like that. Luca, you already know how I feel about him. So star. Um, I can't necessarily. Unfortunately, he's the superstar of my team, but. Uh, What's your take on John Morant before you go into? That's the guy I'll take. That's the guy you'll take. I'll take John Morant all day okay. long. Uh, we already know why you wouldn't take Luca, so I, why? I, don't, I don't think I want to hear. Okay, so why would I take John Morant? Okay, let, let me. I don't want to hear you. That was, that bad, was I don't want to hear you bad mouth my boy that, like that puts, you do every time. That puts a smile on my face when you speak about John Morant because John Morant, and people haven't known and haven't seen, was leading the league for uh, being rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your boy got rookie of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they stand uh, together in that category. Rookie of the year, both of them. They're going to win it for sure, I believe. Unless the hype just got so much big on Zion Williamson coming back that would be unfair for for them to give to Zion, in my opinion. I think it would just be fair for John Morant to get it. But anyways, I will get John Morant. John Morant, for, for those who haven't seen him, plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. Super underrated. Puts, calls himself the point guy. Because um, he's a point guard, but he is on another level. This dude, no expectations, comes into the league and shocks everybody. Because one, I think it benefited him that Zion Williamson wasn't playing because or else the attention yeah. would have been on him. Just, um, but the attention would have been on him just on expectation of what you saw from college, not because of what he's constantly doing in the league. What John Morant got was what he was doing in the league. He didn't get that much attention uh, later on. He did in, in the collegiate level. But when he got to the NBA, took off. Like He was highlight reel after highlight reel. He had ups. He was shooting. He was scoring. He was passing the ball. He was doing everything. And and these are two stats in rookie seasons. Because, you know, Luka's been in the game for two seasons. Uh, this being his second season. And John Moran has only been in the league this season. It was his rookie season. 2019. So, as of right now, um, John Moran is 20 years old. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, Luca was uh, 19 going on 20 in his rookie season. Okay. So, right now, oh, rookie season. These are stats. He's as not it, super tall either. No. 6'3". 
And yeah, no, it's not super tall. Not, uh, I not think Luke is taller, right? I think Luke should be taller. I want to say, yeah. But anyways, uh, 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 I'll tell you, John Moran is much more athletic than, than Luca. Yeah. So, from the field, John Morant shot 49%. Luca shot 42%. This is just rookie season. We're not talking about this season. Uh, in, in rookie season, John Morant shot 36% from the three-point line. Uh, Luca shot 32% from the free throw line. I mean, from the three-point line, excuse me. From the free throw line, John Morant is shooting 77%. Luca shot 71%. Um, I think uh, Luca had five techs in his rookie season and one ejection. John Morant, none. Oh, that's a that's a hand clap for me, bro. I like that. Uh, control your feelings. Yeah. Mentally composed. I like that. Uh, we're talking about turnovers. Uh, John Moran had 191 turnovers, and uh, thus far he has because he's done his rookie season. In Luka Doncic's rookie season, he had 247 turnovers. That's a lot of turnovers. Uh, so in, in rebounds, talk about rebounds, your guy, he's doing his thing. Luca had 563 total rebounds. He had 477 defensive rebounds. Why do you think that is? Because he doesn't do anything on defense. All he has to do is stand right there and get the rebound. Now for somebody that has to really play defense, right? Uh, John Morant had 208 rebounds and he had 164 uh, defensive rebounds 44 offensive Luka had 86 offensive so you know it's, it's okay they're, they're, they're there but one big thing that kind of stood out to me uh, John Morant had he only played 59 games Luca played 72 games. I think Luca missed 10 games his rookie season. John Morant missed a whole lot more this this season because he's had injuries. Mm. The Mavs missed the playoffs the rookie season for Luka Doncic. Well, you got to think about it. Uh, Luca's rookie season, we still had Dirk on the court. Don't make excuses, bro. Okay. John Morant played 59 games and had them in the eighth place of the NBA playoffs. They were going to get to the playoffs this season with John Morant. And he missed and he played 59 games. Luca played 72 games and could not get them into the playoffs, bro. And this is the guy coming out of Europe. He's supposed to be the guy and he's doing this and that. Hey, bro, I'm, you could be right. You could be right. But all I know is that if I'm building my team, I'm taking John Morant all day long quick quick side note or whatever the the big thing about european players is what they say rough them up you rough them up you take them out of their game they may be they may technically good hold on they may be technically good and doing all this finessing and stuff they don't know how we play down here bro rough them up and you'll take them out of their game every time luca played the new york knicks this season what happened they lost because they had dogs in that team one thing that stood out for me when John Moran played James Harden, he's not really a dog and like a big uh, trash talker, like, you know, one of them type of players. He shot it. He shot in his face a shot 
and walked away and said, tell that motherfucker about me. Like, we're like in his most hype mode. Like, in rookie season, bro, you're, you're talking to a MVP player, playoff player. Uh, I think at the time he was the current. No, he's not the current MVP. I think Giannis was the current MVP. Uh, and he tells him, tell that motherfucker about me. Like, nah, bro, I'm I'm this dude. You, you're coming into my town I'll, or I'm coming into your town, but you're playing me. Like, you're going to know who I am. Luka doesn't really have that. I guess you can say, quote, unquote, he lets his, his game do the talking. and But in this league, I think you need a little bit of both. You need game and you need personality. You need game and you need respect. I think respect is earned through your game, but to, to a certain extent. Motherfuckers ain't gonna talk to you crazy if you can back your shit up as far as playing and as far as letting be known. Like, bro, you're not fucking with me. Or let it be known, I'm hurting your soul when I come into this. When I'm playing and I'm killing you, I'm gonna let you know I'm killing you. Every time. So if I'm building my my team, I'm taking John Morant all day long. I wish uh, they would have played this season. They did play. Uh, but I think one uh, at one point, Ja, the first time they played, Ja was out. And the second time they played, I think Luca was out. I think that may have been around the time he rolled his ankle. And uh, they, you rarely got to see them play each other. Uh, but when they play each other, bro, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. This dude is very skilled, very high, uh, big athlete. Everything that I've been saying that I want Luca to do. This dude has it. Swag, personality, game, composure, just overall dog in him. Like, that's what I want from this guy. I, I don't get it from this guy. Can he get there? Maybe. He could probably get there. It takes time. But when you come into the league with it, bro, you can only imagine what he's going to be later on. Like, this is just his rookie season. Wait till he gets a little better, gets a little stronger. Things are going to get uh, above and beyond for him. But like I said, um, Luka uh, is a good player, but John Moran is better, in my opinion. Okay. So um, what you're saying is that Luka is in second place to John Moran. Yeah. yeah oh, from yeah. this top four. Yeah. Hell okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second place. Uh, yeah. Second place. Yeah. Second place. I'll put John Moran first. Uh, Luka second. Zion third. Trey Young fourth. That's good. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Um, I put him first. You put yeah. him second. And that's just this topic is for the people that have never seen him because a lot of people don't know who he is. Yeah. Some people may or may not. Uh, this is just me shedding a light at a guy that has been uh overshadowed in a way because Zion's in the league. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic has been doing what he's been doing. There's a lot but of this guy has been doing it. Players. Yeah, this guy has been doing it, like doing it, doing it. So he's a rookie. I think those kind of players. You need to shine light at them also because they're doing a hell of a job carrying their own team. Not everybody gets to have uh, the, I guess you can say, be the leader of your team, mm. the leader of a franchise. And these two guys are leaders of franchises. Uh, yeah, I could say that. I could say Luca's the leader of the franchise, but I mean, that could be. Bro, Luca. Wait, there's a, there's a, there's a. I wouldn't say a debate. It's debatable for me. Uh, some people that are blind witnesses for some reason would just say, Luca's the guy. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Uh, he's the the poster boy. Was Dirk Nowitzki, when he came on the league, uh, savage? No. No. He was quiet, right? 
No, I'm talking about game. He sucked. He wasn't good. Exactly. But was he, is he one of the greatest? Yes. In Mavericks, yes. Yeah, in mm-hmm. Mavericks history. And in NBA, isn't he one? Uh, he's he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. He has a ring. And he had a lot of great seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Luca, he's not from this country, bro. Yeah, I get that. He doesn't have the swag that the regular NBA player comes into the league with because he has not been uh, in the lifestyle of becoming, a, like with the dreams of becoming a, I think it's very different for Americans that go into the league because they, they see the league like every day. Yeah, I get they, it. I they get go to, they, they play, if they're not playing at the park, they're playing at school. Yeah. If they're not playing at school, they're playing somewhere else, but they're always around that looking up to other other guys that are doing the same thing. Yeah. Obviously, the NBA is like, what, 90-something percent uh, African-American. Yeah. So, I get that. See. I get that. I so, get that. I mean, that swag, that Comes attitude. You're that born with they, it. They, they're born with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, on that side, I can't I can't even put Luca in that place because he doesn't belong there. But he will he get it? Yeah. I mean, being in the league, being one of the, one of the best right now, being around those uh, that high level of uh, of NBA uh, greatness – I believe he's gonna become that. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna eventually rub off on him. Eventually, he's gonna have to pick up his game. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, he's not that far off from John Moran on his rookie year, but I mean, uh, Luca did get rookie of the year. Gotta have that will, bro. He did get that, that will. Rook, but wasn't he rookie Heart. of the year? Yeah, he was rookie of the year. Okay. John Moran was too. Okay, and uh, well, he will be because it wasn't crowned yet because the end of the NBA season. Well, it, well, so it hasn't been, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened because it was cut. It usually happens when playoffs are starting. Okay. If, if this was the case, he would have already got it. Yes. Uh, and anybody you can say, well, we'll they're going to believe we'll he's going to get it. We'll There's see no if question. he gets it. Okay. We'll see. As of right now, I say he's going to get it for sure. Well, we'll see. But I mean, I just know that Luca did get it. Yeah. And he got it with uh, Dirk Nowitzki still being on the team. I, <laughs> I want okay. I want to say he wasn't trying to take away all like some of that shine from Dirk's last season. But Dirk couldn't get I rookie think, of the year. No, 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 no. I'm saying he respected uh, the time that they ha- wanted to have Dirk on the court. You gotta think about that too, bro. Like Dirk was on the court putting in points, a little bit. He was putting he was in minutes. putting in veteran minutes. Bro. I know veteran minutes. That you don't think that could have hurt Luca from outshining a little bit more? No, no. I mean, he knows this is rookie season. He knows he's got a Hall of Famer in his team. Yeah. If anything, I think Luca, Luca soaked up game from Dirk. Like, how did you do it for this long? Being yeah, yeah. from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming, adapting to, to a foreign league, foreign league for him, uh, and succeeding and getting the respect. I'm pretty okay, sure you okay. told him, let your work, let your game. They're gonna respect your game. Yeah. If they respect your game. They'll respect you. But when it comes to the, to playing. It's me against you. Like I don't care if you have better game than me. Yeah, you don't yeah. have no heart no, than better more than no, me. No, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but what I'm trying to say is that uh, Luca got Rookie of the Year, and he was learning from a veteran, and he was still trying to respect. I get the veteran's place. You know, like a veteran's house. I mean, you don't come into. You play soccer. You used to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Let's say you played with somebody that was, you know, like somebody that you knew that was really good, that was older than you. On their way out. On their way out. I mean. You respected them, yeah, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And you picked up things from them, you know? So you couldn't just ball out knowing that they were on the field because you would try to let them get some playing and still, you know? 
yeah, you could ball out. You can still ball out. You can do your thing, but you also got to... He's a teammate at the yeah. end of the day. So you're going to give him shot. If he doesn't make yeah. shots, that, that that doesn't really hurt you. It may hurt your winning chances. But, yeah. Um, but you you can still ball. He still stood out. Yeah. As a rookie, he still stood out. Luka I mean, he, still stood he, got, out. he got rookie of the year. He got rookie he of the year. He didn't make it to the playoffs, but I want to say... Uh, what would you rather do? Get rookie of the year or make it to the playoffs? Bro, they were going into rebuild mode. Once Memphis, it was, it was the last year of uh, Memphis has been good for a while. No, Memphis has not been one of those teams. They lost Marcus Gasol. They lost, uh, forgot his name. Um, but they've been a young team. It's not like they've been having like the same team for so long. No, they have. So your expectation is not uh, a lot coming into this. Nobody expected Memphis to make the the playoffs. They were rebuilding just as much as Dallas has been rebuilding. But Dallas this year got the unicorn. Yeah. This dude doesn't have a unicorn. It's just him. Him and young players. But obviously camaraderie and, and chemistry brings a team together. Over here, you got two good guys um and a good team. But what's more what 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 stands out more? The guy that has two superstars or a rookie that's killing it and taking his team to the playoffs? And this team has two good players and it's in the seventh seed and this guy is taking him to the eighth seed. You don't have two good players. This is a rookie and he's got him in the playoffs. You gotta give him respect. You gotta give him respect and I just feel like that's my kind of player. That's my oh, kind yeah, of definitely that's my kind. I definitely give him respect. I just wanted to I get what you mean. I just wanted to defend my boy a little bit. No, nah, ain't no ain't no uh there's no uh shade being thrown. Well, never mind. Let's move on, bro. Uh so we got to the to that Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this conversation, bro. As you know, finally, the, the sports guys have answered our prayers. We finally get to see live sports. UFC 249. Tomorrow, Saturday, in Florida, Jacksonville. We get to see uh, the main event, obviously, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. A fight that I've been wanting to see not with them two together, I've been wanting to see Justin Gaethje fight uh, since I think since Cowboy. That, that was the last time. And that was the last time he fought. Yeah, and I think um, when he was when he stepped in to replace uh, or to fill in for uh, Khabib, it was good and bad. Good because you got somebody to fight, but bad is because I can't expect a whole lot from Gaethje because he's not he don't even have enough time to train. So you're not gonna be able to give me your all. You're going to have that excuse that, oh, I didn't have a full training camp. This helped, this killed me. And I understand because it, it would and it did if it had happened. But it didn't happen. And now they extended it all the way now to May, which is better because now you have that time that you kind of semi-trained plus all this. It gives you, a, a I guess you could say, a good training camp. And uh, I like it. And then you also see Henry Cejudo, Triple C, going up against uh, Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is uh, somebody that people may not be familiar with, but he is uh, a former uh, champion. He, But the thing about him is he has a lot of injuries. You also may know him from uh, commentary. He was, a big, uh, he was the commentator for a yeah. lot of these fights. Uh, and he's finally getting to see, uh, finally getting to fight. You also get to see Michelle Watterson fight. Uh, if you will... I, me personally, I like I like to see women fighting. They're the women uh, in the UFC, talented as fuck. So I don't mind seeing the uh, a woman women being on this card. I love it. 
Uh, Michelle Watterson is somebody that I support. I, I like her a lot. And I think she's just a, a grinder, bro. She just keeps, uh, doesn't let, like I've always said, and I live by this, bro, a loss does not define you. She's lost multiple times. She's gotten almost to the hump right there, but she falls, but she doesn't let that uh, pretty much crush her. She keeps going and keeps moving forward. Like when it's your time, it's your time. You know what I mean? And I think that's how she moves. You also get to see the main event of the prelims will be Cowboy Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis. What do you think about Cowboy this, this fight? You want me to be honest? Yeah. If Cowboy loses, I think he should retire. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, Anthony Pettis is not no. But he's also on a losing streak, Anthony Pettis. But he's not a bum. No, no, they're good for each other. Both of them are. Yeah, yeah both of them. I won't say both of them have been on the same track, like of on the same path of taking some bad losses. Yeah. Uh, but they've also taken some high risk but and high names. Yeah. Do you respect them no, for that? No, but they're both respected fighters. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to go. Yeah. Both of them are respected fighters. Uh, obviously Donald. I just love I just love seeing him win, but I but I know he's not gonna win this as one. as much as Paul. Like he's on his way out. Oh yeah. Um, he's I, taking some bad bad hits. Uh, very but active. I, but I know he's a great fighter. Yeah, he's very active. I really know he's great. I just feel like he's on his way out, and uh, I think Anthony Pettis is a great fight for him, uh, especially right now. Both of them are in similar situations. Should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I hope he lasts. But at the fact that we're getting to see a fight around this time in this. I think uh, it was early for him, though. For who? For Saron. No, nah, because to be honest, uh, McGregor wants to come back also, but he's not sure how they were going to do it. Obviously, nobody, no big name, right? No big name uh, wants to fight around this time, or they're not sure. Or the only people that are kind of like, Ready to fight were the people that were already scheduled. Yeah. Like Tyron Woodley, he wants to fight because he was already supposed to fight. Yeah. Leon Edwards wants to fight because he was already supposed to fight. There's a lot of people that were already supposed to fight and scheduled to fight. But like everybody like Usman hasn't fought. But I don't know if he was saying he wanted to fight Masvidal and all this and that during uh, this sort of situation because he wanted everybody to hear what he was going to be saying to him, how he was going to be uh, squealing and doing all this when he was on top, whatever. But uh, I don't believe. I think people are gonna start analyzing how they're doing it. That way, they're they get their when they get their chance, they know we're gonna be fine. Like we could fight under these circumstances, and and they're gonna. I don't know the UFC is that kind of a company that's gonna keep us number one. Your safety is number one, and I think that's the critique that the UFC is getting. Like you're you just want to make money, yeah. like bro. We're not just trying to make money. We're taking our fighters in through these high protocol uh, situations and giving them the best ability and, and equipment and uh, essentials to be able to perform their own personal sauna, their own per everything personal. The only thing you're using it, constant testing, constant uh, uh, screenings, everything, everything. What did Dana say? You're going to be more safe here than you go into the grocery store. And I feel them for that. I, I get it because in the grocery store, not everybody has been tested. At least over here, everybody has been tested. We know everybody walking around here is 100%. They're not positive. We're fine. So I think they're taking the correct uh, steps and the right procedures to be able to put this event on. And shit, like we said last week, was it last week? I think we said that Dana White is the best 
UFC president that there is. He's he's one of them dudes that, bro. Let me tell you. Let me quick quick point. Who is the biggest podcaster right now? Um, Joe Rogan. He works for Dana White. God damn it! So when you got Joe Rogan working for you, bro, you are one of the big dogs. Like you're you're a big boss. Like for sure, for sure. But I mean, I get it. Joe Rogan's been working here for years, and you know Joe Rogan made his own, but. He's. I mean, Joe Rogan could have said, "Shit, you know who I am, Joe Rogan, bro. Said, I'm, I'm done with that." I think he said he'll do it for free. Like he uh, loves that shit, bro. Yeah. He loves it, and I would love it too if I can come and take soccer games. I love soccer, bro. That's my favorite sport. I can I can watch games and analyze it, bro. If I'm in just in the facility and and experience it, I'm fine. Like I I would love it. I go I go to soccer games for. Uh, I don't go for free. Well, technically I do go for free, but. The, the tickets are not sold to me. Yeah. Uh, they're not a. Uh, I don't get to be in there for free. I have to pay, obviously, but I love watching games or whatever. So you get to see this uh this good card, and I think it's a great way for us to move forward and and start getting some more uh some more um uh, or what can I say some more uh sports coming around. We just everybody's coming around. The Bundesliga is coming around for for Germany soccer league. So we're starting to get this whole uh, movement going. We're, we're we're getting back to what it is. So back to UFC 249. Like I said, Cowboy, if he doesn't win, I believe he should retire. Yeah. Anthony Perez is on the borderline of the same outcome yeah. because he's also been in the game for so long. And I think he may be also all around there, maybe considering his future or maybe looking for commentary. I don't know, something. I enjoy watching... Uh, Anthony? Fighters. No, I enjoy watching Fighters uh, become... Uh, commentators? commentators yeah because you get they know yeah yeah, yeah they like know a, it's like a hands-on like yeah you know you they know what you're looking for when they're doing it they explain to you much more which i think joe rogan does the same thing because he yeah. also trains mma yeah, yeah. so he, he's, he's been doing this forever yeah so he knows what we're when i think his commentary is a big help for the viewer because you know what you're looking for now like oh shit i didn't even know you can do this off of this position or whatever so i like it um, so with that being said, you move on to the to the co-main event. San Henry Cejudo versus versus uh Dominic Cruz. Are you taking the triple C to take the dub? I have to. I I would have to as well. I have uh, to I feel sure. like Dominic um had a great career. But yeah. I think at the time being he's a better commentator. Uh, uh I just think uh, his his injuries yeah. might might affect him, especially fighting somebody so aggressive like Cejudo. Yeah, I think Cejudo's going upward. Yeah, even though Cejudo and him are almost close in age, to be they're, honest, they're almost close. I think I think they're both. I think they're 30, in their thirties. I, I think, think they're like thirty one, thirty two, and I think he's just like older by one year. To be honest, yeah, I, I think no. To be honest, I think uh, Dominic is thirty four, if I'm not mistaken, and I think Henry is thirty three. Um, but. I mean, it's just the toll that their life took, and and they were in two different worlds when they were around the same age. Um, Henry was more focused on wrestling, and I think this whole time Dominic has been in MMA. And thirty-five. Who? Uh, Dominic. Dominic. And so who though? It's probably thirty-three, thirty-four. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but yeah. So I just feel like they took two different paths to get to where they're at now. And I just think that um, Henry is 33. just... 33, 35, yeah. So see, they're not that far off. Two years off. But just the way uh, 
to take off from wrestling, no striking, and getting into the MMA, beating in a guy in Demetrius Johnson, who people are obviously argue one of the best of all time. Uh, I think that shows a lot. The the antics of him. I just saw a video of him pulling out uh uh out of a pillowcase, little pillows of everybody who he's beat. He took out TJ, Demetrius Johnson, and now he pulled out one of Dominic Cruz and he was kicking him. Pretty much saying he's beating everybody that has been great. He calls himself the goat killer now. This dude is just uh, on some other shit right now. But you cannot deny his um his quality of, of fighting. Like yeah. he's just been on it. Me being honest, this was before the ego. Maybe one of the best fights I have ever seen, uh, wrestling wise, skill wise, was Demetrius Johnson versus Henderson Hudo. That was a fucking ridiculous fight. So, with that being said, I just feel like Dominic Cruz coming out of he hasn't fought in four years. That's a long ass time. That's a long time. But the the good thing, the upside about that is that he's taken those kind of layoffs before and came back and won. But this is a different beast, bro. Henry yeah. Cejudo, I think this is a different guy. You're talking about a gold medalist in wrestling, so you know what time it is when yeah. it comes to that. Striking, he can do it. He's gone one on one with strikers. Marlon Moraes, one of one of one of the best that I've seen in that division strike, and he went toe to toe with him. Um, he he can hang, so he can do it all. To me, to be honest, I just think Henry Cejudo is just too much. As much as he's starting to rub me a little bit the wrong way. Because of his, uh, he's big headed. Yeah, he's arrogant now that he's got it, bro. When TJ comes back, I won't say he gets it from his trainer. No, 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 no. You don't think so? The the goo with the glasses. Yeah. Nah, hell uh, nah. Uh, he sees him. Uh, what I've seen, he sees him kind of like a big bro dad. Yeah. Uh, role model, and I don't know. I just it could be, but uh, I mean, I I I do like his 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 fighting style. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely a, so, he's, he's definitely a great fighter. Yeah, he's gifted for sure. So I mean I got to give him the the, the the nod here and I think he will get the victory and hopefully let's let's uh, pray that we get to see more competitive for Henry I think it was supposed to be um, Jose Aldo Jose Aldo that he was supposed to fight uh, I like that fight because I like the way he fought uh, Jose fought uh, Marlon Moraes it was a close fight I would have rather seen the rematch of that rather than him fighting Henry. Uh, I would like to see Cody Garbrandt fight Henry Cejudo, even though we've, even though Cody Garbrandt has been on a three-fight loss uh, streak, but just just guys, you know, that have put in game, put in work here in the division, give him problems while you await the return mm-hmm. of T.J. Dillashaw, because I think that's just going to be a fight that we're going to see f- and remember uh, for a, for a long time. I think he's going to fight multiple times when he comes back. He's coming for that ass for sure. I'm not, I have no doubt in my mind that's going to be public enemy number one, Henry Cejudo. Like, bro, you must have forgot who I am. Like, you, I'm out. And, you know, all these allegations of uh, or everything that's gonna be, been put out, him po- testing positive is going to be coming out. Or, are you sure you're going to be clean? Or and are you going to be doing it? Bro, I don't give a fuck about all that. I'm pretty sure two years of a layoff of suspension, you don't think that's killing him? He's going to do things the right way. And now you're going to be fighting at his weight. So, shit, you know what time it is now. But you also know, you also can't deny Henry either. You know, Henry's also a good a dog. Then you move on to the main event. El Cucuy, Tony Ferguson fighting Justin the Highlight Gaethje. 
I think I, I love it. I love the fight. I think that they both go at it. I think they are striking. Their striking is pretty pretty tough for both. I think they're gonna whoever has the most dog in them is gonna win. To be honest, what do you think? Are you taking the 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 favorite? I have to take a Kukui mm-hmm. just because I want to see him win, and because I, I feel like if if he doesn't win, he might not fight Khabib. They might oh, throw Gagey. To Khabib. No, yeah, they said it. If, yeah, if, and that's kind of unfair that yeah. they're fighting for a belt that he already has. Yeah, the interim belt. Yeah, so I want to see Kukui win just because I want to see him and Khabib. But Gagey is no bum. Like, nah, uh, you cannot sleep on Gagey nah. at all. Do you, would you be surprised though? Would that leave you? It's gonna as, be. It's gonna be a good fight. Would that Both leave you as jaw dropped as when the Amanda Nunes beat Ronda? I mean, with Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey and with. Uh, Nick Diaz beat Conor McGregor would it leave you in that kind of shock if Gaethje beats Tony Ferguson no 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 because I see it uh, both of them are explosive both of them are uh, unpredictable uh, and both of them have a lot of heart mm-hmm. and they're both I want to say both of them are like in their prime so so we can't be mad at it right we, I can't be mad we, at whoever wins no you can't be mad at the fact that oh. it's not Khabib oh no, nah, I can't I mean, I get I'm a little mad just because I feel like <clears throat> that's a fight that we've been robbed. The coronavirus robbed, robbed us, us from something lot. that has been taken away from us so yeah. many times. I feel like, you know, that commercial where that, that fisherman has that dollar and he's like, oh, you got to be cooking in <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I felt like right now. Like we were so close, so freaking close. And then, bam, coronavirus uh, took the freaking fight worldwide, worldwide pandemic. Yeah, for real. So I mean, but we I that's what I mean. Like you can't be mad at I'm 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 at, not happy. At the, but at the I'm not mad at this fight. They didn't give him a bum. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. This is not a bum, right? This is a, no, 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 and, no, no. And I know what I'm about to say. And and I respect the hell out of him. We just explained it. But if they would have thrown Cowboy at him again, oh no, I would have no, no. been like, we already know what's gonna happen. Like no. we kind of we've already seen it once. Yeah. And and people may have been like, bro, did you see how it ended? They shouldn't have been stopped and this and that, whatever. That that wouldn't have fulfilled my heart, you know what I mean? That wouldn't have fulfilled me uh, as a as a combat fighting uh, lover. Yeah. That I love combat sports. Uh, for you to sell me that fight, but Gaethje, shit, I I've said it myself, and I've been on record saying, Justin Gaethje should have fought Conor McGregor. Yeah. He should have fought him instead of Cowboy. But that didn't happen. Now, what this does is kind of making my case in a little bit. Now that Justin Gaethje gets to fight Tony uh, and Leon Edwards, hopefully fights Conor McGregor. I've said that. I've said that that would be the perfect matchup. Not a bum, not a not a small name, not a big name, but just the right guy. That would be perfect. That would be a, a sleeper. People are turning, sleeping on uh, Leon Edwards for sure. But uh, I give it two. I give it to the only reason uh well i give it to tony i give him tony because i just think that that pressure is going to be too much tony's constant pressure on tony on on justin gaethje is going to wear him out and gaethje is going to be fucking tired as shit i've seen him tired against michael johnson i'm talking about fucking dead ass tired and and i think tony's just going to be on his ass all day long just pushing and pushing and pushing and that this is gonna take a lot out of him. And if you get down, he can get down with you too. Like he, and I think, vice versa. On uh, on the other side of the coin, if if for whatever reason Gaethje hurts Tony, Tony has for some reason he's made 
this thing where he makes himself comfortable being uncomfortable. Like he adjusts to when he gets hurt. So if he gets hurt and he gets rocked and he falls, he knows what to do. Like he'll turn, roll, get up, hit you with a spinning elbow. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, because he's not, like you say, he's very unpredictable. So the predictable thing to do is if I'm hurt and I fall, the dude is going to run up on me and start trying to finish me. But if I'm hurt and I roll back and I get up and I hit you with an elbow all of a sudden when you're barely trying to knock me down, that just throws my whole game plan, my whole game plan off. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, those kind of situations benefit Tony. Uh, and it might hurt Justin Gaethje, but I just feel like that's that's one thing about Tony. Like he has kind of like studied every angle of every situation that could possibly happen. And in those kind of situations, when people get hurt, they don't know what to do. Yeah, that's when adversity kicks in, and you're just like, shit, fuck, I, I can't move, I can't, I, I can't swing anymore, and you're just panicking, and you you get finished. And Tony is not like that. He'll get hurt, and he'll do whatever it takes to stay alive. And that's one thing that. Uh, I could I can say kind of benefits um, Tony, Tony, even though Gaethje has done that too. He's yeah. survived a couple of no, yeah, hits. He, he's been close to losing a fight, and, and he comes back. Him. Yeah. So, like I said, That's, as as uh, UFC fans, we cannot be mad at this matchup. Yeah, nah. this is a good ass fight. A good ass fight. Definitely, um, definitely not Khabib versus Tony, but this is a good uh, um, appetizer for it. Even though we've had many appetizers already. Uh, so yeah, I, I give it to uh, give it to Tony. I gotta give it to Tony. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the dude, uh, so I give it to him. Hopefully he pulls it off, and hopefully we get to see a good fight, man. I'm ready to see UFC come back. <clears throat> it's been a while since we've seen it, and and damn, I'm just so damn happy that we get to finally see it come back. With fans or no fans, I don't give a damn. I just want to see some good action. And it's gonna be a good a, a good fight. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a good fight. All right, bro. Last last one, and we out of here. As you know, uh, your your biggest idol in in the heavyweight division, Andy Ruiz, has uh, has uh, got a new trainer, and you know how I feel about that. I've told you that I I do not like when fighters blame their trainer for a loss. Yeah. I feel like that's doing too much. I feel like you panicking, and I feel like uh, that's uh, unsportsmanlike. That's not professional. You should not be blaming your trainer for losing a fight that you feel like you should have won. Yeah. It's usually some ninety percent, ninety nine percent your fault. Because what's funny about it is that it's a fight that you had already fought before. Yeah, when you finished great, and I had told you time and time again, I cannot go for Andy as much as I would want to, because I see him more on interviews more than him training, more yeah. on other shows more than training. I feel like everything was getting in his way ahead of training. If I'm gonna go by a Rolls Royce. And I have training at three. I'm gonna go buy the Rolls Royce first, yeah. and I'll come back to train for 30 minutes or whatever, or maybe not even train at all. So I feel like discipline was his biggest problem. Discipline definitely. was definitely his biggest problem. And uh, ha, no pun intended, right? Uh, discipline has been his biggest problem. So, uh, so you know that that can't be uh, tolerated. Yeah, yeah. So you know he went. And got with the, one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in the game right now, Eddie Reynoso. For those who don't know who Eddie Reynoso is, that's the 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 trainer of the pound for pound king right now, Canelo Alvarez. And in my opinion, when he said he was going to go out and get a new trainer, 
It was uh, talks of uh, Freddie Roach. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao's old trainer or current assistant trainer. Robert Garcia, Mikey's trainer. I love that one because Mikey was there. Mikey actually walked out with Andy when he bought when he fought Anthony uh, Joshua the first time. Mm. When they came out, Mikey was with him. And, and that was a request from Andy. He yeah. said, walk out with me. He went in to say, what's up? You know, good luck, whatever. I'm being the stand. He was like, no, 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 stay. I want you to walk out with me. What the fuck? Like, damn. Like, we're really putting on. You, you never know, really see that. On. You never really see that, right? No, you don't. Like, don't a, a boxer coming out with another boxer. Uh, the only time I've kind of seen it somewhat was when uh, when we went to the fight here. Uh, when uh, Bud Crawford came out with, uh, with um, uh, Maurice Hooker. Okay. When he was here, he came out with him. Uh, so I, I th- but it's like you said, it's rare. It's rare. And I never, and well, like in big fights, it's rare. Like you usually see them come out with like an artist. Yeah, an artist or something or by like themselves that. or their team. Just their team. Yeah. Yeah. And for him to say, I want you there, so I kind of figured they would go that route. Like they're just that close, and uh, I would figure like, yeah, that's a good matchup, you know. Um, uh, Robert manages a lot of uh, Hispanic uh, fighters. You know, mm-hmm. he has a lot of champions. Uh, Virgil, he has Virgil. He's not a champion, but he's a big prospect. Mm-hmm. Virgil Ortiz, he has a uh, 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 Jose Ramirez champion. Uh, he has Mikey Garcia. He has uh, he has. Mm, I would have figured he would have had Andy, but he doesn't. I think he has Josecito Lopez. Um, he he has a, a good amount of people uh, training him, but it just. Uh, I mean, uh, he has a good amount of people that he trains. That I feel like their quality and they produce champions out of that boxing gym, so I feel like that would have been a good fit. But the fact that he wanted, he chose to go with Eddie, I was just like, damn, that's kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say it was risky, but I just feel like he's um, he demands a lot, Eddie. Cause I, he he has a track record of producing good guys. You know, he has Canelo, obviously. He has uh, uh, damn that uh, he has a lot of Hispanic fighters. He has Ryan Garcia, obviously. That's that's like the the most known for the for the millennials. But besides Ryan, we're not even talking about Ryan. Like other other Mexican fighters, he has Mexican fighters that he has. Um, uh, Oscar Valdez, he has Oscar Valdez. Um, there's another special dude, a little young guy, uh, a little young Mexican dude. I forgot his name, but he has quality fighters. And and now he has Andy Ruiz. What do you think they're going to do? You think they can make a, a good partnership and get the best out of uh, Andy? Uh, to be honest, I don't think it matters. Obviously, it does matter in the coaching. It's a big, it's a big part of, uh, yeah. of the game. But uh, with Andy, I mean, he already reached uh, success. Mm-hmm. And he lost it. And it wasn't his coaching because I want to say his coaching got him there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh it's just up to him. Uh I'm pretty sure he he could become a bigger name. Uh now being on Canelo's team, uh yeah. um he'll become a bigger name cuz before his uh the fight with Anthony Joshua, nobody knew him. I did. Well, nobody else uh the casuals and, didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he I wasn't did. in big fights. No, no. He He was he was coming up. Yeah, for the casual uh, fan, no. Yeah, he wasn't in big fights. He wasn't making money. That's where I'm trying to go. Uh, and if he wants to keep growing and uh, keep getting bigger fights, uh, it's gonna be up to him to win. 
and for him to win, I think I think he's a great boxer. I just think his discipline is is not, is not there. Yeah. yeah, I get it. And 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 let it be known, Eddie said they took a couple of meetings, and he said specifically, we run a, a very disciplined camp here. So I need for you to understand and 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 for you to be able to commit to what we run here. I'm not tolerating any of that. Like you're going to, I don't want it. I don't want your discipline to be the reason why you don't succeed. Yeah. So as long as your discipline is here and you're dedicated, we should, we should be able to create big things. And I think Eddie helps a lot of his fighters, Ryan Garcia being one of them. He's developing him into a one, a good fighter. I want to say he's not the best fighter right now. He has a lot of hype or whatever behind him, but he's showing, he's showing defensive moves that he didn't even know. It was just his speed and his power. And and Ed, uh, Andy, he needs a little bit more defensive. Uh, his footwork needs a little bit more work. Uh, but f- uh, speed and and power he has, so they can create big things. There's other fighters besides Anthony Joshua that you can go on and still make a great career. Yeah, a, a badass career. So I just feel like he wants uh, to be able to be in the in those big names because obviously he's not going to get the big bag like fighting Tyson Fury fighting uh Deontay Wilder fighting Anthony Joshua but you can stay you can still make a good lump sum of money to be able to maintain your your lifestyle so that I think that's what he's trying to get at yeah I don't want to be I'm, I already reached up here and and I want to be living somewhere around there and and the fights that he's going to be getting there's a, there's good competition in the heavyweight division for him to get and be able to get uh a good fights for him to to get a, a good check and be able to make a good career out of his uh um to to have a good career moving forward yeah so i like the move you know i i have eddie rain also as uh one of my favorite and one of the best trainers out there in the world right now uh of course you can throw out uh robert garcia for me you could throw out uh lomachenko uh wasn't donatoli uh lomachenko uh, his uh, which is Lomachenko's dad. You could throw him in there. Um, another one would probably, if any, you would have to put Eric James, uh, Errol Spence's trainer. You would have to put him in there because Errol Spence is one of the best right now. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like as a trainer, I think you need to be able to produce more than one champion for me to consider you like up there yeah. as one of the best. Because if you just have one. That's cool, but I wouldn't consider you the best, you know, or up there. These guys aim and have uh, more than one that you've produced out there. And I don't know. Oh, well, Derek James has one of the Charlos, so I guess you could say like he he's up there. Derek James, they're definitely one uh one of the best ones coming up for sure. So there's a lot, and I think uh good things could happen with uh, Andy Ruiz moving forward. So I'm glad with the, I'm I'm okay with the move. I wasn't okay with him leaving his trainer. Uh, I don't think that was the right move for in my opinion. Uh, um, I think he. I think he was doing good with his last trainer. Uh, I really like what he did in his Joshua fight. Yeah. Uh, but you could definitely see what money does to a person. Yeah. Uh, and that's what cost him to fight in the and in the think, rematch. Yeah, and when relationships are broken, it's it's never the same. You know. You never. I mean, it is hard whenever you're up there and you don't want to. I mean, it's hard to admit to that you're wrong. They yeah. They that you, you were wrong. being that you were being immature. Yeah. That's one. I think that's one of the hardest things that a lot of athletes uh, deal with. Yeah, they get they get the big bag and they just don't want to admit that that they're just being immature or yeah. they're just 
being irresponsible. And and that's I mean that's what co- that's what eventually costed them uh, games, fights, and uh, possibly uh, uh, gets them in a lot of trouble too uh, outside of the. Yeah, so I guess he's just trying to stay in the right path and yeah. stay that you can still uh, be a, a a good heavyweight boxer in the, yeah. in, in in boxing. So uh, all praise to Andy, and I hope he has the best uh, career moving forward. We expect big things, especially for having Eddie in his corner now. And training next to the pound for pound king Canelo Alvarez. So, you know, those were our topics going moving up and down. You know, we had a uh, some good debates, some questionable debates. You may not like it, you may have not agreed, you may agree, you may not agree. But that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll catch you on next week. Take it easy, man. One love.